Welcome to the Well Studying Podcast. This is episode 256. Today is January 17th, 2018. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, today I want to answer uh, the people's questions that are saying, hey, John, what are you doing as we go into 2018? Where's your portfolio? I don't want to go into a great deal of detail in this episode. The bottom line here is, as always, if I'm making changes to my portfolio, you'll hear about it first over at my firm's website, investablewealth.com. If you look at the top tab where it says alerts and commentary blog, you'll find every blog post that I've put out for the previous five years. And more importantly than that, if you subscribe to the free alerts and blog update, anytime I make a change to my model portfolio, and incidentally, when people say, what's your model portfolio? Well, my model portfolio is where I invest my own money. Now, generally, my clients hire me to manage their money the way I manage my money. So my model portfolio to one degree or another tends to be what most of my clients are invested in. But the bottom line is the model portfolio is where I put my own personal money And when I make a change to that, I blog about it. If you subscribe to the updates, you'll receive that notification as well as any type of additional commentary or chart or something like that that I feel is relevant that deals either with the news and events of the day or with our specific uh, portfolio. Now, you're not going to get hammered with spam. I only put things up there when I think they're important. Uh, Again, you can scroll through the entire archive. Over the last five years, I've only posted 163 times. So you're not getting something daily. You're not getting something weekly. You're getting things whenever I think it's pertinent and important. The other thing is, if you look on the right-hand side of the website, investablewealth.com, look at the category section. If you click trade, this is trade under the category section, that'll take you to the most recent blog post where I talked about a trade. And you can scroll through those, and there's currently 28 of them up there. That's all the trades that I've made and blogged about over the past two years. So I'm very transparent. It's all out there. I don't charge for it. You don't need a secret decoder ring to understand it. It's not always uh, easy to find, shall we say. My organizational skills and uh, really my overall marketing skills are not the greatest in the world. But hey, what do you want for free? Do a little work. It's out there. Go find it. The other thing I want to mention is that there are two new videos up over at my YouTube channel. One of those I put up a week ago, and I actually, what happened was it was after work on a Friday afternoon. I was out taking my dog for a walk in the foothills around my home like I like to do, and I actually had intended to record a podcast episode. It was going to be just kind of a streaming conscious of some New Year thoughts that I wanted to get out to you uh, that some people had asked about. But as it turned out, I ended up filming an impromptu video. So for those of you that have been complaining that I don't put my face in front of the camera enough, well, trust me, in this episode, you can see my big old head if that's your desire. I think the conclusion you'll come to there is that I definitely have a face for podcasting. But in any case, the reason I did that video on that particular day was because I wanted to make the point that we don't want to be formulaic or algorithmic investors. Now, sure, certainly, I use some form of algorithm. I definitely follow charts. I do have a certain screening process to look for valuations and overall fundamentals of companies. And I'm definitely a big student of history. But having said all that, I don't specifically rely on any one of those indicators. The reason I brought this up in the video was because all around the country last week, there were major cold storms coming through and most of the country was in a deep freeze. 
but that wasn't the case where I was at in Utah. And in Utah, you would figure that in early January, it should be freezing bitter cold. Well, I showed you a video of what it was like. I was outside walking around with no jacket on. It was a beautiful blue sky day. And so I make the point in that video that just because the calendar tells you something, or just because there's been a correlation or some type of a historical relationship, that doesn't necessarily mean that that same thing will occur again. We definitely want to study the past. We want to look for correlations and associations, but none of those algorithms can predict the future. In fact, what I spend most of my time doing is not looking for the correlation, but looking for the anomaly. And the anomaly with Utah weather is what's definitely occurring. I also make a point about the thermometer. And then finally, the other video I just put up today, I'll put a link to that in today's show notes. You definitely want to watch this video. It's eight and a half minutes. It's entitled Retirement Portfolio 2018 Initial Positions. You can scroll through, see absolutely everything that I'm currently holding. And not only that, but when I bought it and anything that I would have sold over the last 12 months. I'll give you a little spoiler alert. I really only sold one position last year, which is unusual for me. And again, I talk about that in the video. The important thing about that video is not for you to run out and invest in exactly what I'm invested in. In fact, right now when we're at all-time market highs again, that's probably not the right thing to do. The point of that video is to give you a perspective of how I manage my own wealth and how I'm diversifying that wealth across my entire portfolio. It's all out there. If you have specific questions about the sector weighting or any of the specific stocks that I own, ask a question in that video in the comment section. I'll try to answer it. And that segues into exactly what I want to talk about today, which is where do I think the market's headed and how am I positioned for 2018? Well, I want to preface this by reminding you, like I always do, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict the future. Anyone that's trying to tell you that they can, you should close your wallet and run away. The best any of us can do is assess the data and try and come up with rational and logical conclusions to what the outcomes may be. A year ago, as we were going into 2017, I don't remember one expert that predicted that 2017 would be a market where we had the lowest market volatility in history. I believe the biggest volatility we saw in the S&P 500 was something like 2.7%. Never happened before, and I don't remember anybody predicting it. In fact, people were predicting just the opposite. So what's going to happen in 2018? I have no idea. But let me tell you how I'm positioned and a little bit of why. Now, first off, I should say that I think that sometime in 2018 and really over the next probably three to six months, I think the market's going to continue to move up and we're going to see the S&P 500 exceed 3,000. I also believe that it's very likely that if that happens at the same time with all the global growth that we're seeing, that yields on the 10-year treasury are likely to hit 3%. I also think that most of the good news that's going to happen this year will be taking place over the first three to six months of the year. As we get into the second half of the year, things could get particularly dicey in the U.S. as we head into midterm elections. I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of political theater and drama going on there. And also, once we get into the second half of the year, the corporate earning comparisons become a higher hurdle for the companies to meet. And then also, we'll be moving into a phase in the economy where everybody has finally been looking for the liftoff velocity that the Federal Reserve and the politicians said that we were going to hit over the last decade. 
You know, it's only been in the last 12 months and really in the last six months that the U.S. economy is consistently getting above 2%. And so right now, the markets have pretty much priced in a 3% plus growth in the U.S. economy. If that starts to waver at all as we get later into the year, then that could really put a panic on the markets. Also, getting back to corporate profits, as we're seeing an increase in wage pressure and in commodity prices and energy prices, and then also as interest rates start to move up, if they do, those inflationary pressures will likely start to erode corporate profits, and that would not bode well for the U.S. stock market. The other things that we have to consider here is that there are always unforeseen events that can happen. And right now, there's a great deal of enthusiasm in the market. People are expecting that the economy will continue to grow, that the tax cuts will help not only corporate profits, bring more investment back to the United States, and ultimately increase consumer spending. And while I do go along with most of that narrative, there are bumps along the road. There could be a military strike with North Korea. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know I'm not a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist, and that I've totally discounted any type of military interaction over the last year with North Korea. However, if there is going to be a military strike, I would assume that it's going to happen sometime between April and May or April and June of this year. And that's simply from a weather perspective. We don't want to go into a war with North Korea in the wintertime. That's one reason why I was pretty confident that we weren't going to see anything happen at the tail end of last summer when most people were thinking it was going to occur. And so while I think military interdiction into North Korea is unlikely, if it does happen, it will be happening in that late spring, early summer time frame. If you're paying attention in the news, you also know that there's a pretty bad flu virus going around right now. Now, I don't think that's going to turn into a pandemic. I don't think we're going to have massive deaths like we did back in 1918. However, that could be an exogenous event that for a brief period of time does dampen the economy. The same thing with all the political intrigue that comes out of Washington. Will Trump be impeached? Will Trump be indicted? Will Trump send some kind of a tweak that drives everybody insane? Will the Democrats take over the House and the Senate in the midterm elections? I have no idea. But I think if any of these events occur, Any of those things that might cause this market to decline, I think that rather than panicking, that will be the sign for a buying opportunity, particularly if a major index like the S&P 500 could get down to its 200-day moving average. I would most likely be viewing that as a buying opportunity because I do think that there's a great deal of synergy that's happening with global growth and technology and the political shifting that's been happening over the past couple years. Everything from the Brexit to changes in South America... I think in general, the markets are moving in the right direction and that any pullback would be a welcome correction. I don't think we're headed into a recession or any type of prolonged bear market. And certainly we're not headed for an economic collapse. So real quick here, let me highlight the three most important sectors that I think are going to be important as we move into 2018. And actually, important is not the right word to use. I would say if you're looking to put new money into the market, And I wouldn't necessarily encourage that unless you've already been taking part in at least some of these gains, you know, that have been occurring this past year. Right now, I'm currently about 90% in the market and I'm comfortable with that large exposure because I have some really good profits to cushion any type of a pullback that may occur. 
But if you put new money into the market right now and you don't have any past profits to rely on, and then over the next three months, the market pulls back 7% or something, it's likely you would panic and you would sell at exactly the wrong time. If you're going into this market and you have profits that can buffer or absorb any type of little pullback, then when that 5 or 7 or 10% correction does occur, then you won't panic. You'll look at that as a buying opportunity and you'll take your cash reserves, buy in on the dip, and maybe even use that as an opportunity to rebalance your overall portfolio. So these three sectors that I'm going to talk about are not necessarily the three most important sectors moving forward into 2018, but I think that they are the three safest sectors. And safe is a relative term, so I'll let you assess your own risk threshold. But the three sectors that I think that are going to continue to move higher and are less likely to experience a major drawdown are number one, international stocks, number two, healthcare, and number three, banking. I think that the international sector and particularly emerging markets should continue to perform very well in 2018 as they did in 2017. The increases in commodity prices, the increases in oil prices, the overall growth in the global economy, which looks like it's going to exceed 3 or 4% for the first time in probably eight years. The one thing that worries me a little bit is that this is getting quite hyped up in the media. They've coined the phrase, synchronized global growth. I always get concerned when someone coins a phrase. But in general, when I look at the overall fundamentals and the trends and what central banks are doing... I think that it still favors international markets. Now, I'm not discounting the U.S. market. I still have plenty of my portfolio invested directly in U.S. stocks. But I think that as the U.S. does continue to get better and we see additional consumer spending occurring, then that's going to bode very well for imports coming into the United States. And that thus, in turn, will help the international markets as well. So despite all the gloom and doom that you hear about tariffs and nationalism and populism and the threat of border taxes or any other types of disruptions to global trade, for right now, I just don't see it happening. And that's why I continue to be invested in the international markets and why I think they'll do well going into 2018. The second sector that I would say is very stable and has a good outlook for 2018 is healthcare. It did very well last year. I expect that trend to continue. The hurdle that put healthcare into unfavorable sentiment on Wall Street was back in, oh, I believe it was the fall of 2015. That's when Hillary Clinton was trying to put together her campaign strategy. And one of the things that she was trying to do was demonize the pharmaceutical companies. She sent out that famous tweet. At that time, she was considered the front runner for the presidency. And you had a major bear market occur in the healthcare sector. It looked like a bottom had maybe been put in when Hillary didn't win the election. Then Trump turned around and pretty much said the same thing. But as we moved into 2017, it became pretty evident that Washington was not going to drastically penalize anybody in the healthcare sector. And these healthcare stocks went on to outperform last year. I think that that's likely to happen again this year because I think the politicians have bigger issues that they want to focus on and they won't make healthcare the boogeyman. And then finally, I really like the banking sector. Since the financial crisis of 2008, banks have been out of favor. They didn't start to break out until early 2016. Even now, if you look at a major banking ETF like KBE, and you look at that on a long-term chart, you'll see that going back over the last 12 years, 
that chart pattern had just started to form a very firm hook and barb pattern about a year ago. And so while the S&P 500 and most other major indexes have drastically outperformed the highs that they hit back in 2007, the banking sector has been a lagger. And as a broad index, it could still move up another 16% and just now be hitting the highs from 2007. I think with the stable economy, the likely rising interest rates, improvement in loan generation, and then probably most importantly of everything, the lax regulation that we're seeing now and most likely to have going forward, I think that's really going to help bank profitability. And these individual stocks, as well as the sector, will go on to set all new record highs as we move forward in the, in the coming years. So there you have it. Those are my thoughts. Those are the three sectors that I think are safest as we move into 2018. Check out that YouTube video where you can see my entire portfolio weighting and 25 specific stocks that make up my overall portfolio. Well, hey, thanks for listening, as always. And until the next episode, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best returns.